The Black Hat Society by Clarence Carter Narrated by Danielle Muthing Gray clouds hover overhead. Thunder rumbles in the distance. It isn't raining, but it will be before it's over. It's in the air. Whatever it is, it's palpable, suffocating, really. Foreboding smothers me as my thoughts race and my hands tremble. The street outside my grandparents' house is empty, not a person walking a dog or fixing a car, not a passerby on the sidewalk or a car stereo thumping down the block. Behind me, my car sits in the neighbor's driveway. I didn't park it there. How did it get there? Why there? The absence of traffic and ambient noise makes me uncomfortable. Aside from the thunder, nothing. The hair on the back of my neck stands rigid as I stare at my grandparents' front door. It isn't right either. A replica. A poor recreation of the house I grew up in. It reminds me of the other flat in Coraline. Is there another mother, too? Full of dread, my heels drag on every step. The hinges squeal like a pig being slaughtered. It's eerily quiet. Lights dance off the living room wall. I see my grandparents as I approach the flickering TV. They're staring at it, vacant. It's on mute. So are they. Their eyes are glazed over, not dead, but maybe hypnotized. A smell permeates thick and yellow. The wallpaper is stained and peeling. Mold covers the ceiling, porous and green. Words fall dead in my throat. I consider running, but before I can, there's a chitter from deeper inside. My grandfather sits erect in his recliner with his feet on the floor. His back doesn't touch the cushion. Great posture is foreign to him. Aside from the subtle rise and fall of his chest, he looks dead. His skin is pale and cadaverous, eyes milky white and distant. Where there had once been love and joy is nothing but a wasteland. His eyes are glued to the screen, unwavering. An expressionless look captivates his face. Colored lights flicker on the walls behind him. My grandmother looks much the same. Her skin has taken on a waxen quality. The loving face that has produced so much happiness in my life is sallow, gaunt, vacant. Again comes the chittering, closer, louder. I must pass them to reach the suspicious noise. Holding my breath, I take my first step. Perhaps it's proximity, but their breathing seems louder. It's less like ordinary breathing and more like the death rattle. Watching my grandfather's face distracts me from the hand that clasps my wrist. I scream. Grandma's freezing cold fingers hurt. She doesn't look at me, only opens her mouth long enough to say, Beware of the men in black hats. Jerking free, I bump into the coffee table and the contents clatter to the floor. The remote smashes into pieces and the TV comes alive with sound. 
My already heightened heart rate redlines. A bizarre realization sweeps over me. This is a dream. The noise breaks the tension, but only some. Passing them and stepping into the kitchen, my breath catches in my throat. It's unlike I've ever seen before. My grandmother would die if her house looked like this. Rats crawl through the cupboards and snack on rancid food. The smell is ungodly. Their beady eyes consider me while they trample through food and feces alike. Worm-like tails follow their grotesque bodies. As they roam about, they squeak. The rats make those noises. The rats. They're in the walls. Probably in the pipes, too. Hundreds of them. Their little feet scamper across the tile floor. An urge to cross the kitchen and go upstairs overwhelms me, but I resist. I can't imagine a more horrendous thing than walking among them, risking my ankles to their greedy teeth. There's a blanket up there. I know this as surely as I know this is all a terrible dream. The thing that I don't know is why the blanket matters. Why do I yearn for it, and why is there a sense of guilt attached to it? From above comes the unmistakable sloshing of water on porcelain. A voice trails down the stairs, song-like and familiar. My mother, she calls to me, urges me to come up the stairs. An image of her lying in pink bath water with a razor blade comes to mind. My mind says to run, but my feet won't comply. I stumble out of the kitchen, bumping into my grandfather's recliner. It rocks. His body remains rigor mortis stiff. Voices from the TV get louder, drowning out their troubled breathing. Two men talking back and forth, a typical late-night television program. I barely glance at it before I catch what they're saying. Well, Tucker, the Black Hat Society is a group unlike any other. You see, its sole purpose is... The volume display increases. Frantic, I search the floor and find that the remote is still in pieces. Influence, mainly. The other voice chimes in. Some people might call what you do propaganda. The camera pans to a captive audience... People chained to their seats with metal collars around their necks, eyes wide and milky. Collectively, they gasp. This earns a satirical laugh. Those people are unrehearsed in our affairs. What we do is infiltrate people's dreams and influence their ideology. We encourage people to change, religiously, politically, ethically. The man shrugs. Shaking my head, I try to free myself from the mind virus flickering in high def. It's hypnotism, and I almost fell for it. As I move toward the door, my grandfather calls after me. If they know you're aware, they'll kill you. Aware of what? I would ask, but already know the answer. If they know I'm aware, this is all a dream. People aren't supposed to know they're dreaming until it's over. My scattered thoughts collect puzzle pieces of information. Black hats, dream police, aware. I can't run fast enough. 
I can't wake up soon enough to escape. Goose flesh stands on my arms as I race across the room. The floor stretches below my feet, growing longer and longer with every stride. Distantly, I see the door and focus on nothing else. It takes serious effort to reach it. It's the wrong door. The handle is on the opposite side. Subconsciously, I know this to be true, but my frantic mind discards it immediately. The door sticks. With a powerful nudge, it squelches open and dumps me onto the front porch. If it weren't a dream, the landing would hurt. I scurry to my feet. I know how to get out of nightmares. Think. The street is busy, unlike before. A few people push strollers. Others walk in packs. One is even walking a dog, but they're too far to see well. Some wear black hats. Others tote umbrellas. An urge to scream bubbles up from within. I resist. I can't call for help. They mustn't know that I'm aware. A woman sees me descending the stairs. Her face barely appears from under the umbrella. Suspicion scrunches her brows. Several steps take her away, but she steals a glance and loses grip. A large black hat peeks from underneath. Inconspicuously, I ease down the stairs. If I don't look, perhaps she'll move on. If she doesn't know that I'm aware, I might get out unscathed. Every moment feels like there's a bomb under my seat, and I'm racing the clock to defuse it. Thunder grumbles. Slashes of lightning trail the sky. Suspicious eyes follow me. There's nothing to cover my face. I have no hat, no sunglasses. I'm left exposed to all the onlookers. There's nowhere to hide. Wrapping around the house, I notice my car is gone, reminding myself that it isn't my car, only a replica, soothes me. Much closer to the house than before, I find it. It's buried, literally, lying on its side in the ground, buried. The passenger side window is open, which means I could drop down inside to hide, but I won't because there's only one way out. The grass surrounding it is undisturbed, because it is, after all, a dream. Someone stops on the sidewalk. Their dubious eyes take me in, making me feel naked. Their head tilts with curiosity. It's a kid. His eyes aren't milky like my grandparents, and he isn't wearing a hat. It doesn't matter. He's on to me. You're not one of us, he mutters. The accusation is thick in his voice. He steps closer for a better look. I stutter, trying to find a response. I am, I am one of you. My body doesn't agree with my words because I've stepped back, distancing myself from the threat. His voice grows deeper. Not one of us, not one of us. This becomes a chant, not one of us. Trying to stop him, I say, it's a misunderstanding. Others stop in troves to watch my misery unfold. Unfold like that mysterious blanket, perhaps. If they intend on stopping it, they don't. 
The black hats and umbrellas are foreshadowing my future, a precursor of my funeral. I'll wake up if I wiggle my toes. As they gather, others join the chant. Not one of us. 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 Those who aren't engaging are mouthing the words. Their voices grow with the approaching mob. My back thumps against the house. There's nowhere left to go. Before I can run, someone grabs me. His grip is tight. I look up into his face, finding the dark glasses hiding his eyes. There is a black hat cocked on his head. Is it true? He asks, tightening the vice on my arm. Last chance. They have me surrounded. Their voices rattle my eardrums as they close the distance, greedy little hands outstretched for their pound of flesh. I am one of you. I am. My words fall on deaf ears. In the reflection of his glasses, I see myself, not me wriggling in fear, but me lying in bed in the real world. My husband hovers over me, ready to wake me as I whimper. Inches from touching me, he withdraws. I want to scream. After a second, he advances again, confident. He shakes my arm, and through the tendrils of dream, I feel his skin on mine. From nowhere comes a rope. The man in the black hat lassos my head and tightens the noose. In the reflection of tinted glass, my husband shakes me violently. My body jostles back and forth. He's no longer apprehensive, but stricken with fear. As the rope grows tighter, it gets harder to breathe. My hands claw for the rope, but they're met with resistance. The others hold me still. Above, the menacing sky voices its disapproval with slashes of lightning that jag from the clouds. The low, demonic growl of thunder intensifies. The storm is upon us. His voice projects from somewhere above and resonates inside my head. Honey, you're scaring me. Wake up. Wake up. Their voices topple his. Not one of us. Not one of us. Some of them toss their fists in the air in unison with the chant. Not, Not one, one of, of us. us. The man in the hat grits his teeth as he throttles me. He pulls my face inches from his own and whispers, You don't belong here. My hand breaks free from their grip and finds the rope, only it isn't a rope any longer. It's a metal collar. Come on, wake up. The first few specks of rain patter on his sunglasses. I see myself wake, roll over, and throw up. That me is writhing and gasping for breath. I say to him, They knew I knew it was a dream, and they tried to kill me for it. The veins in my head pound. Not even a sliver of breath slips through my lips. All the blood is trapped. It's become a balloon with too much air. My life is draining from my body when my eyes fly open with a gasp. <gasps>